0: I'm Josh Way.
1: And I'm Jacob Stevenson.
0: Welcome to our podcast here at Shutter Speed Media. This is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories, experiences, and content we've created, plus bring on guests to share their experiences in this field.
1: And today we've got another guest. Last week we were talking to Dave Nickerson about photography, and this week we were chatting about filmmaking. And today our very special guest actually is Zach from Zwing Films, and we just want to talk to him about how he's influenced basically the automotive film industry, and just hear from him about everything. So Zach, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: (laughs) What's up guys? Uh, yeah, my name's Zach. I run a company called Zwing with its subsidiary now, uh, Zwing Films and a couple other things we like to do. And, um, I just come from a background of filming cars, cars, and more cars. That's my, uh. Yeah, so you.
1: You've always been in the car world. I liked when when I first heard of Zwing, right? It was all just Zwing and Zwing was a YouTube channel. And then over the years you've progressed into Zwing Rally and you've got Zwing Drifts and you've got Zwing HQ. Why don't you just kind of talk about each of those aspects and how that's kind of developed into that the whole brand. brand. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically what, what you're, you're doing.
2: doing. Sure. So Zwing Films is the LLC that I formed in 2012 and um I always was Zwing Films, but I did, you know, part of the ways that I learned to cope with, uh, not having the most favorable experiences with clients was integrating a lot of personal branding so that no matter what happened at the end of the day, <clears throat> say, you know, say you agreed to make a video for a client for $6,000 and they ended up paying you 500 500 bucks. Well, you had your Zwing Films brand all over all of the cars and it was a great marketing opportunity. And that way you can, you know, find a way to pull yourself out of this great depression of losing out on a ton of money and just focus on the positives and the fact that you Used your time wisely no matter what. And so that kind of turned into – I'm not being entirely serious here, but um, partially I am. And, uh, you know, just because in in the nature of the automotive industry, you work with a a lot of people with – uh, you work with a lot of amazing people. Okay, let's start with some positives. There's some there's, there's some incredible people you'll meet in the automotive industry, but there is equally uh, not so good people you'll meet in the automotive industry. And yep. I think that really getting your brand out there, no matter what you do, is super important. And um, <clears throat> a lot of people are confused by, by it sometimes. Like, why is your sticker all over everything? <laughs> um, right but uh that I wanted to expand and we were selling merch and I just I just don't – I didn't really jive with the brand as much as I did when I dropped films from it because when I'm thinking about expanding a company, you know, I like to look at the biggest uh, influences in the world like Nike and Adidas and people who have grown huge brands that have double entendres, which, you know, it gives gives people – uh, the ability to be like, hmm, what is what is Zwing or what is Nike? I have no idea right. what Nike means versus like something Nike Something that's 2.
0: intriguing, something that captures people and, and makes them question what it is.
2: Yeah, and so it's if- you got Zwing Films on everything. Well, everybody knows it's a film brand, but also who's going to wear a T-shirt that says Zwing Films? I feel like right a brand a brand which is more like include, or what is it, exclusive, where it's like oh, you, you know, you only know if you know kind of thing until everybody knows. Just trying to think big picture.
0: If I may, um, for our listeners who may not know you well let's start at the beginning so tell us about like where you're from um how you got kind of started in the film industry and then and then i'm curious too where did you come up with the 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 name zwing too so let's let's start with that
2: so i am actually a military kid Uh, my dad served in the army for 20 years and i lived in texas north carolina Georgia. Uh, lived in Germany. We lived in Arizona. We wow. Worth between Arizona and Washington quite a bit. And then um, that's just my childhood uh, where I lived. We can talk about where I've lived.
0: And how, how old are you now? Because I think you're still well, just a young adult like us, right?
2: Dude, I'm a grandpa man. I'm 27. I just turned 27 last week.
0: Thanks. <laughs> so I yeah, I'm just I'm 30. Jacob's 20, 25. 25, but
1: You're right in
2: the middle.
0: Right in the middle. You, you've you've been a lot of places it sounds like uh, in a short amount of time.
2: Yeah, that that was just from, you know, from birth to 18. <laughs>
1: Right. Um, so what got you into, yeah, what got you into film? So you've kind of had this experience of travel and a lot of the early films that I saw when I first kind of discovered who you were was like, you were in Europe for the mod ball rally. You were doing stuff in Dubai with ceramic pro like, and I was like, holy cow, who is this kid? So talk, talk about like that transition. Like you did a lot of travel. You came from travel that reflects in your work. Why film?
2: Well, to start, um, to to rewind, we'll talk about uh, how I got into cars first. We'll answer that question first. Um, yeah, yeah. I I grew up not really surrounded by cars or car people at all. Um, but <clears throat> when I was about 13 years old, I went to a a Subaru dealership. And I think they they literally had like Travis Pastrana's like world rally car on display on ramps. It was like this world rally blue s t i with the yeah. gold and gold wheels, the yellow livery it had these yeah. bright pink s t i calipers i I had no idea what it caliper was i was just like amazed at all the bright colors and and this car just looked so badass and when i went inside the dealership they handed me a calendar i went home ripped all the pictures out of it and posted it all over my wall and i um yeah. i just fell in love with subarus i wanted to get a subaru tattoo when i was 16 i just like it wasn't even it wasn't even cars for me it was subarus i was just
0: it was subaru you didn't uh follow through with that did you
2: Oh, heck, yeah, I did. I got a World Rally Blue. I mean, the only one I even knew about in the world, honestly, there was actually a guy from West Coast Customs. This is kind of a crazy coincidence, but when I was
3: (laughs) –
2: You know, 14 is when I broke out the lawnmower and was like, I'm going to buy myself a sick blue Subaru with gold wheels no matter what it takes. So yes. I just went from lawn yes. to lawn, knocking on people's doors, pulled out my camcorder I got for my 15th birthday to like <laughs> try and do whatever I could with that to make money. I, I taught guitar lessons. I was like, I'm going to buy this stupid car. And uh, sure enough, after... Looking on Craigslist every day, I found a World Rally Blue Legacy <clears throat> station wagon. It was the the Lesbo wagon. Everybody called it in high school because I, <laughs> I was actually bored yeah. quite a bit for my car. But it had the gold WRX wheel. It had the gold DC sticker on the bumper. The thing was sick. Yes. And uh, head gasket blue. I had to teach myself... Uh, from a, a pretty difficult thing to, to learn. I didn't even know how to change uh, an oil filter or anything. And um, I don't know, basically, to, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but just to quickly no, good. Just
3: to this sum is good. that up,
2: we uh, I went to O'Reilly's and I asked the guy, hey, I want to learn how to work on a car. I have no idea where to start. How do I get better? fuel economy, and he's like, well, you can change your fuel filter, you can change your air filter, and there's your... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I went home, and I went on YouTube, this is like back in 2011, I think, and... I was like, okay, how to change this on a 1998 Subaru Legacy, and I saw nothing pop up. So I turned right back around, went back to O'Reilly's and picked up a Haynes manual and decided, you know what? If I'm looking for this, there's probably other people that are trying to figure out how to change this on their car. Yeah. So I'm going to teach myself with this book and uh why don't we learn together? So I I read through the Haynes manual and then I uh, pulled up the camcorder and made some goofy videos, teaching people things I didn't know what I was talking about. But right. uh, it seemed to get a good response. I, this is like before YouTube's deathly algorithms have come into play. I was getting like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand views, and yeah, uh, out of nowhere
1: i'm on um, i'm on your youtube channel right now and i just sorted by most popular and like within your top 10 videos is how to downshift rev match a double clutch and then it goes right into all of your subaru stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) don't
0: watch any of those videos (laughs) so i have to ask the all-important question though zach did you get the tattoo did i get the what the tattoo you said you want to get a subaru tattoo
2: Oh, the tattoo, no, absolutely not. I'm so glad I did that.
1: (laughs) Well, now it might be a BMW tattoo, but we'll see. Nah,
2: I'm Uh, probably not going to do that either, but. (laughs) Yeah, not unless
0: they're uh, giving you a new new free car every year or something like that.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Free walking billboard gets free car. Yeah, Yeah, right. That'd be a good trade-off.
1: Well, you've always done a good job with, you know, carrying your brand, and that's cool to hear the transition. Like, you got into cars, and the cars just led into creating videos. So, how did that take you then to the next step of doing basically commercial automotive work and finding? You've got to be at least, you know, in our generation, let's call it a generation. It's you, it's Schwa films, it's Crispy. I like to think that I'm on that list somewhere. I do a little bit more commercial stuff, but you guys are like the YouTube automotive stars of like creating commercial, like professional
3: growth stuff.
2: Calcicone. Oh, my goodness.
3: We and, had AW uh,
2: films, we had yep. Yeah, there, there was a lot of cool guys that we all got to like look up to. That that's that's also one of the coolest things about doing what we do is, is getting to a mm. point where you know, the people that inspired you are then inspired yes. by your work and so it yep. becomes this really cool circle.
1: So I mean I graduated high school, 2013, went to college for film, and one of my first major projects was this BMW documentary about the BMW M3 generations, right? And this is, at the same point, I've started seeing like Zwing films pop up. I saw your Modball rally, which I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to film rallies. I I saw your, um, let me find it, the mode uh, video that basically feels like you're in need for speed with the M3. That I like had on that. I had on like repeat. I was like, this is amazing. And if I could create film like this, you know, I would. And so then I started taking kind of like the Zwing attributes of like the glide cam twist, like transition right into your next shot. And I remember sending you the link of the BMW film. And I was like, man, what do you think about this? Like, we've never talked before, but look at this. And you actually responded, which I was like, dang, this is sweet. But uh, I think
2: I, I remember. Think I, remember I think I remember that. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, this was, was years, six years ago, ago at least.
1: But, See? Yeah. yeah. But, but that's kind of where... We're doing good, though. Well, thank you. I, I look back on it now, I'm like, dang, that sucks. But that's how it is. You look back on your work and you just kind of look forward. But there's definitely some Zwing attributes in there because I it just kind of looked up to you and your style. And I was like, ooh, I want to do what Zwing is doing.
2: That's, that's awesome, man. I get I get a lot of people um, that that do tell me that, that they're like, hey, I definitely took some Zwing flavor and threw it sprinkled into into my videos. Like, Daily Driven Exotics would tell me that all the time while we would FaceTime about how to vlog and when I was teaching him how to start his YouTube channel.
1: Right. Yeah, because you got some some earlier Zwing vlogs together when he had his, you know, like crazy printed 458 GT car that he built.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I I actually, I was a... I was privileged to um meet Casey Neistat uh before he started daily blogging.
3: Yeah.
0: I see his photo on your website. I love that.
2: Yeah, thanks. I don't know if I if we're going off track here, but um with, with yeah, like that's just a cool thing to talk about though. Um Casey was that like a YouTube Google conference in Dubai and I woke up one morning I had been working with uh, my client Ceramic Pro uh, Arash who, who I, whom I actually met in San Diego on the Target Trophy holiday cruise back in 2013, we uh, always kept a relationship. And later that turned, you know, when he became the main distributor in Dubai, he hit me up. He was like, Zach, you're the guy that I know. Yeah. To, yeah. to whatever, I, I want you to be the guy to come here and film this commercial. And, and uh, that was an awesome opportunity that he gave me. So I came out there. And then one morning I woke up um, in this skyscraper in the Jumeirah Beach in Dubai, <laughs> and this girl back in Tacoma here in Washington, she was like, Zach, yeah, Casey Neistat is in Dubai right now. You should try to hit him up and see if you two could connect. And I was like, uh, yeah, that'd be sick. Because I, I mean, I grew up watching Casey just being so inspired by what he was Brilliant. able, you know, him being able to make uh, lemonade out of apples because he would yeah. make commercials for Mercedes Benz with a point and shoot digital camera.
0: Yeah, dude, same. I, I followed. I was the same. I followed Casey well before his da- his uh, daily vlogs. Like I, I mean, I I caught wind of him so early on.
2: Kate, dude, Casey was an inspiration for so many people in the in just YouTube in general, and um, so. I hit him up, I emailed him, and I'm like, hey, man, I would love to get you behind the wheel or in the passenger seat at least of some supercars. I'm here working with a cool client, and I'm sure they'd love to accommodate you. And mm-hmm. he's like, y-, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> Just, nice. I'm, he's like, I'm way into that. And so we met up in Jumeirah, and uh, he had done some research on me before coming out. And he goes, he's like, dude. He's like, Jack, you've, I've never seen anything like what I just watched. He's like, you made some of the most in, insane automotive content I've ever seen. And I was just like yes, like the biggest fangirl, like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, you know, like hearing <laughs> yeah. that from an yeah. idol. And uh, we get into oh, the back special, of the taxi though, yeah. cab. Oh, dude, it was such a, a, a special moment and day to be able to to, like, kindle a relationship with, you know, one of your heroes. And then uh, we get in the back of the taxi cab, and I'm trying to, like, talk technical with him. I'm trying to, like, impress the the guy acting like I know stuff about yeah. video making. I'm like, hey, have you ever <laughs> heard of, like, the Edelkrone Slider V2 Plus medium? <laughs> and he's like, no, I've got no idea what that is. I was going to tell him about the new Slider that came out or some stupid nerdy tech yeah. thing. Yeah. And he's like, I've never heard of that. And it's like, what? And I was like, did you, did you ever hear about the you know that the g h four shoots four k now, and he's like, "Oh, I don't use four k and I was like, What <laughs> and I was just like, having all these like eye opening moments talking to Casey just just how he he's so much more of a like a filmmaker than a than a kid who really cares about. He's just such a creative, such a creative guy. He doesn't need any of that. And he starts opening up to me about the this idea of starting a daily vlog, and Ooh. to be able to have that conversation in the back of the taxi cab in Dubai with Casey before he started this huge movement uh, was what. Right.
0: I mean, Casey, Casey basically invented the term vlog. Yeah
2: he did. And that, yeah. That's what I tell people that that don't know who Casey is. I'm like, he's the guy who pretty much invented blogging as right. we know it today. I mean, people have always, right. p- people have done that before, you know, like I know Adam LZ, uh, you know, he was always documenting his life, but I just, I don't know right. if it was considered a blog at that point, but, um, right. but yeah, so that I took that home with me, um, After he broke my skateboard riding behind a McLaren, and his foot got rolled over, and Ah. (laughs) he made like that—that was actually his in his very first vlog, which is really cool.
0: That is sweet.
2: And I tried to incorporate that within the automotive industry, and I'd like. I'd like to think and say that I was one of the, you know, the first ones to do it. Um, but it's hard to say with how many people immediately sprung on the opportunity to to do the exact same thing immediately after, and then just like took off with it. I kind of just, I tried my best and the the number, the the amount of effort I would put into each one was just I was exerting way too much energy. I'd spend like two weeks editing one vlog and, uh, it just didn't really take off in, in the favor of YouTube's algorithm. So I kind of just slowly dissipated from climbing to the top of that idea. Or, or I would just say I kind of missed out on that opportunity. But, um, sure. but, well, YouTube's algorithms
1: just kind of suck. Their, YouTube's algorithms are just like the worst to understand.
2: It's, ter- it's, it's honestly terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that seems like it's, it's very political <laughs> too.
2: It is. It is very political. There's a lot of censorship going on right now, especially.
0: Right. Like you have to put up what YouTube kind of wants you to put up rather than, than, uh, you know, just being creative, continuing to to put out what what you as an individual want to say. So even for people like cars, there's, you know, some car videos that are amazing work, but then they only see, you know, a thousand views and then, and then they got all these, clickbait garbage vlog videos going out there in the automotive scene that uh, you know, are seeing hundreds of thousands of views or or more. And it's, it's just based on, yeah, what sells, what people want to click on and or what they get baited into clicking on versus what's actually quality or, or what I like to see is like something that is educational. I want to hear, you know, people's opinions or like when I open a car video, You know, like Carfection, Petrolicious, like those are my kind of films, the the stuff that is well produced, that has has a message to it. Somebody um, has an interesting story or something unique. That's what I like uh, to see the most personally.
2: Yeah, and usually those are the pages that are getting the least amount of views. Um, I think Petrolicious has found a way to. I don't really watch too much Petrolicious, but I, I know that they've probably they've broken through uh, dealing with issues with the algorithm, and, and, and they've definitely yeah. found their
3: success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, they've got a lot of international appeal too. They've got a lot of international viewers that are basically just subscribed and they click the bell. You know, like they they want to they want to see the next one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of us that don't have a budget, I'm sorry, um, or a team, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, as the one man band versus the algorithm, we kind of just get shut down and burnt out a little bit. And so pages like us, it's a little harder to stay floaty.
1: Right. So you've been in film for seven, seven years, if that would be 2013, maybe even 2011, because you were pulling out and doing repair videos.
2: Yeah, you could say eight or nine. Uh, nine years being making not very serious YouTube content. Um, eight years, you know, uh, well, 2012 is when I tried to start taking things a little more seriously and I was messing around sure with yeah. a couple of DSLRs. I bought my first Canon Rebel T1i, shot 720p. And nice. uh, practiced a lot of nighttime photography, and doing a lot of rollers, and you know, learning about shutter speed, aperture, and and everything. Yep. Um Yeah. And then, uh, photography is, I think, is super important. For anybody that wants to get into film. Yay!
1: Right. Yeah, I would say my biggest weakness when it comes to holding a camera is actually when people hire me, or actually they don't hire me, but when I feel like taking a photo, I can never get the photo how I think I want to see it, but I can usually get video frames and I wonder if it's because of like, I, I see a video frame or a shot because of the motion that the camera's doing and kind of how I want to start and end, but like a photo is just still...
0: Well, they're just still, but you also, I mean, I'm a photographer, so the the, the the challenge with photography, even still in the world of iPhones, is how do you convey that message that you're conveying on video with movement, how right. do you convey that in a still photo? And right. That, that's the challenge. That yeah, I they're love two with,
2: completely
1: different animals. About. They are. Uh, so... You've, you've done some pretty remarkable things and met awesome people. Aside from the stories that we just heard, what influenced like, you and your style? Because you, you've always kind of ran with a glide cam, a skateboard, and a DSLR. And, and that's changed yeah. over the years as things get better. But like, when you think of swing, you think of that, right? At least I do. I'm sure other people yeah. do who know you. But talk, talk kind of about that and how you developed that.
2: Oh man, I still daily am fighting with track officials to be able to get my skateboard out on the track. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: fortunately, like tracks like Pat Baker's Park. Have you ever seen videos produced out of Park? Yeah, that, yeah like tur- like the Turked Bash. Usually, like every year after FT Seattle, all- a lot of the pros will come down to Pat Baker's, which is like a go kart uh, yeah, track is that, that kind of- people love drifting at.
1: Yeah. Is that kind of like the hush hush event where like photographers kind of go and just hang with pros, but it's not really televised and
2: yeah, I guess I Uh,
1: I might be thinking of something else, but it might be that too. I've got buddies that have been,
2: I mean, that seems accurate. The, The coolest thing with them is like, they've known me for so long, you know. They let me go. I go out there. I'm, I'm standing on the, the middle of the track while there's cars drifting, while the track's hot. I'm skateboarding into the track behind cars drifting past me within inches of them. And you got the new guys on the radio. What's this guy doing with the skateboard? Yeah, yeah, the track owner. They're like, oh, that's just Zach. Don't worry about it. And- yeah, don't,
1: don't worry about Zach. <laughs>
2: I want to get to that point where I, where I get to be Larry Chen at Formula Drift and stand wherever I want and you know and Formula Drift man that's I don't know if that will that will ever see the light of day um they're they, they're very uh safety is obviously like their number one priority but <laughs> Um, it's right. very competitive to be in that position with something like Formula Drift, but sure, uh, sure. but yeah. To, to answer your question, where I got my style and everything, and being you on know, skateboard and the Glide cam, I think I guess if I were to think about it. If we go back to the Devin Supertramp days, uh, he inspired me with the Glide Cam the most. Uh, yeah, okay. Devin Supertramp made the most insane. I mean, like, you know, this is still the time where we're exploring <laughs> what DSLRs can do, and then, you know, adding stabilization to, affordable stabilization to it was the glidecam and to see what Devin was able to make with it I was like I can do that and uh, you know I would be on a, you know I'd go on a mountain and I'd be snowboarding behind somebody with a glidecam and the GH4 or or be skateboarding or hanging out of a car and finding ways to keep that thing under control and get the shot was uh, I would attribute that to Devin for sure um, part of cool. the skateboard idea. I probably just saw some, I, I probably got that from skateboarding. I grew sure. up skateboarding as well. And you see guys holding their big fisheye lens with like what the, uh, the GX7, or what am I thinking of? It's like, uh, what's that old handheld big. Mm-hmm quarter that everybody used for filming. So that's, the, that's the dad cam. Yeah, the dad cam. <laughs> they would, they would hold, the, they'd hold the dad cam and uh, they would skateboard behind other skateboarders. And that, That's probably just where I got my inspiration sure. with
0: that. So speaking of skateboards and Casey Neistat, did, have you ever used uh, an electric skateboard with any of your work? Yeah, I had an intern
2: um, who was obsessed with Casey and he had bought a boost for like his parents got him a boosted board for Christmas or something like that. And uh yep. we we did actually a shoot for Donut Media before they turned into race service, uh, for Project Cars too at Dirtfish Rally School. And okay. I would I would sit there on the boosted board and I would just tell my intern to just like tell him where to plant me and then I would hold the camera. for was fun. Yeah, that is cool. I don't own one though.
0: So, um, throughout the length of your career so far, uh, like Jacob said, you know, as we see on your YouTube, you've done a lot of things and experienced a lot of cool shoots and met a lot of cool people, but name, um, one or two of just your, just your favorite moments in your career, you know, memorable for just something notable, you know, something that pops in your head. What's uh? What are those moments? What what, what can you s- uh, describe for us? Man,
2: um, I've been on a lot of really awesome supercar rallies, and there's always like there's too many stories to tell from those. It's <laughs> just nonstop insane traveling across Europe, um, hanging out with like just really <clears throat> big names and like really fun people. Um, I'm like scrolling through my website right now frantically trying.
0: Is there anything that just pops in your head? Like, no, I just love. You just love that moment when something happened, or, or uh, some. I mean,
2: uh, this weekend was uh, pretty cool. I posted about this on my face like yes, yesterday, I think. But Frederick Osbo, one of my top favorite drivers, walking past the E30 at FD Seattle, whips his camera out. With, or his phone out and takes a picture of it and I was like,
3: oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's relevant <laughs> to filmmaking but that was the uh, most recent yeah, Um Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to talk back on the car thing it's always been about cars for me as well you know the filmmaking and cars fully went hand in hand with me and so uh but i I think the root of it for sure is just my passion for cars and the automotive industry before it was ever filmmaking That's,
0: that's a good point tell us about your your car history and what you're driving now we knew the subaru thing so You've become a huge BMW guy, tell us. Uh, yeah,
2: so I tried swapping an STI motor into that legacy um, a year or two later, which was way too intimidating of a project for a 17-year-old to take on, and it just did not turn out the way I wanted it to. And I went on a test drive. My buddy Slav had a 98 E36 M3. It was techno-violet. It was this beautiful rear wheel drive car which i'd never driven before and um he let me test drive it and he encouraged me to drift it (laughs) and i uh i tried doing a little drift and it was the best feeling in the world feeling the rear wheels just like break traction and, and spin around and being able to control it and it sold me i parted out the Subaru, I got rid of the motor, I, I made some money back, bought the C 36 M3 and uh, just fell in love with Rural Drive, fell in love with BMWs and um, and then, yeah, I don't know uh, where to go from there, but I... You started drifting. started drifting, started hooning in the streets a little bit, um, just Taking whatever opportunity I could to teach myself how to get better at that, and um, eventually, uh, I don't know. I spent more time <laughs> wrenching in my garage than filming. I remember one of my clients being like, "Zach, what are you doing? I'm looking at your Snapchat, and you're sitting there." Epic. Can I, can I curse on here? Or no. Sure. <laughs> you fuck around with your BMWs in the garage and. <laughs> uh, Like, I don't get it. Why aren't you spending your time filming and, like, making more videos and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, I had an E30 at that point. My M20 kept blowing up, and I kept having to rebuild it and replace the head. I could rock her arms and uh, just blowing holes through my cylinder heads and just spending a lot of time in the garage. Uh,
0: Yeah. The Zwing brand and films and everything else is still your – this is your main job right now, right?
2: Well, it funny enough, it's more so now, or at least before COVID hit. Um, I was doing pretty well, making an income out of my shop here in in uh, on Capitol Hill in Seattle. So I had a lot, of, I had a lot of customers come in for airlift suspension installs, where we would change clutches, you know, valve covers, head gaskets, you know.
3: Yep.
2: Whatever people needed, lots lots of brake jobs, and especially a lot of tires. That's 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 mainly where where it started. Was I got two tire machines actually from working with Corsa America Rally, and then um, we were. uh, It was an effort for me to find independence because uh, as a drifter, having to take your car from. You know, always having to take your car somewhere to get new tires put on was such a pain, and it right. costs a lot of money over time. So it's like I need to get tire machines. I need to figure out how to change my own tires. So we got those, and then I uh, started just changing tires for customers, and then that turned into taking on jobs that were unrelated to tires. And so that's been my that's been kind of my main source of income other than filmmaking, and I'm slowly. Slowly getting back into it. I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from it to just focus on growing the Zwing brand. That's just kind of been what what's happened since I dropped films uh, from the logo, and yeah. right it's on. been it's it's been mainly just growing Zwing and. Um, just doing our own thing making youtube content but we're sitting here fighting the algorithm it's not making us any money (laughs) so we've got to find ways
3: to
0: well i just had a great idea we should jacob and i should come out and collaborate with you and anyone else that wants to and shut down some streets if there's might be some already shut down in seattle and do a crazy drifty video right through seattle how sick would that be
2: yeah. I mean, did you see the the first one that we did?
1: I saw the Merry, Merry Christmas one.
2: Yeah. The slang Seattle. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I am all, I'm all about that kind of content and there's a
3: production
2: yep. called uh motion state or, and Rent camera. And I've got yeah. some really close friends, uh, that, that operate a Porsche with, with actually a moto crane from Zach Yep. and, uh, they they would they would be all over that so um, and then on top of that uh we've got the director Ozon Byron the director of the Pennzoil films he's also a good friend of mine and
3: uh
2: after all this like quarantine stuff ends on November 3rd um we could
3: uh,
2: <laughs> we could we could get Ozon to even come down I, I mean i i i'm i'm definitely eager to make more of that kind of content
0: more just viral, awesome, badass, well-produced
2: content. Absolutely, I'm all for that kind yeah. of stuff.
0: That, that's the that's the shit we're into as well. I, I'm not a vloggy guy myself. I know Jacob's not. It's really uncomfortable for us to try. We've we've tried it. It's, it's we, we suck at it. Um, we we find it much better to. To try to do. It's well not produced. easy, and it's not
1: fun. Because I don't want to make content that's like not good. You know, there's like a standard that we held ourselves to. Because you're like, oh, I could just do this so good. Yeah. Let me we, do it we right.
0: Have, we have to look ourselves in the
2: mirror. Okay? <laughs> don't even get me started on. Uh, <laughs> man, I've had I've had a tough internal battle with myself over the years. So the whole time, you know, it took me like. It took me like three years to let go of that. Um, you know, like, hey, no, Zwing Films has a standard, and if I'm making content under that standard, that's not okay. I need to be going up, not backwards. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. blogging felt like that for me. The other thing about blogging that makes it so difficult is if you're a relationship-oriented person, it's really hard to do because you've got to sometimes just be this character in real life. And for me, I never got anything done because I'd be that character for like ten seconds and then I'd shut off the camera so I could have a real conversation with my friend that I hadn't seen in a while for thirty minutes. Right. And right. if if you're if you're an asshole, then you're gonna be a great vlogger because you <laughs> don't really care. So you can just walk up to people and you're like, Hey man, Oh, this is my buddy. This guy. Yeah. Oh, he's so cool. Oh my gosh. It's so good.
0: Right. Well, I think those people that are good at that on YouTube, they they shine because I don't want to name names, but there's definitely some that do it better than others. And, and, uh, you have to, you have to be willing to sacrifice those, those certain things.
2: Yeah. And those relationships and, and, and I've, I've said this a lot of times to people to give people like uh, a good explanation of why some YouTubers do better than others is this is an unfair statement, this is an unfair blanket statement to make. I can't generalize and say this about everybody, but um there, uh, what's my term? Uh, there are sh- there are more shitty people in the world than not, and so they are attracted to shitty people. And when you have shitty people making like content, they just they just they, vibe, they jive with that. They're like, this is awesome. I love this.
0: Zach, I think you and I can be friends. You and I agree on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's my theory on YouTube it, because yeah. you know you you and I everybody we've watched all of the uh, what are you, who's an example uh, what are the tw- the tw- like the Dobrik twins or something
1: the Dobrik twins yeah
2: not not David Dobrik but like
1: oh sorry no no, no.
2: I forget I know how you're talking names, about man, there's just, there's just so many, like, let's just talk about Jake Paul, for example. Okay. Jake Paul's a shitty <laughs> kid and he makes tons of shitty content and everybody loves They just eat that shit up. They just love Jake yeah. Paul it's because true. they can relate to his immaturity level. and
0: Right. And, it, and I'm sure if you ask him, he's, he's probably, he'd probably agree with some of this and be like, yeah, I mean, I, I do this because it's working for me. It's making money and I'm getting where I want to go.
2: Yeah, I think over the years, some of these shitty YouTubers have developed some self-awareness to understand that and uh, are now admitting it, and...
0: uh, Right, they've just found that groove, and if it works for them, it works
2: for them, if they can live with that, you know? Yeah. A lot of people um, will defend them, and they're like, hey, it works for them, and and it's awesome. Like They're making millions of dollars. You can't knock them. Right. (laughs) Standing back and being like, "Yeah, good for that guy," but
0: right. But. So, as we move um, out of this uh, sh- like shitty 2020 year, what do you think? What do you think is next for Zwing and you in the in 2021 and beyond? What would you like to see happen in the next couple of years?
2: Honestly, I love um, I love building cars. I love drifting cars, and I love making amazing. Video content and stuff that just provides value to the to the platform. That's that's why I have a hard time watching uh, people and being like, oh yeah, good for them, because I'm so about you know, like I've 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 spent the last nine years learning how to engage an audience and figuring out what works and I think it's unfair to your platform to make content that just benefits yourself and not your audience and so um for me you know going back to that standard that you know you guys hold at golden peaks productions am I saying that right yes Yes, sir. sir And the Zwing films and, uh, you know, like I, I will still always at the core of filmmaking want to continue to produce good content. And so for me, I'd love to just get companies that fully believe in in me and what I'm doing, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to do another build series. Right. Let's do it." And that, and then I right. can just re- I can relax. I can have reliability from the contractors I'm hiring. I don't have to find a way to convince people to come out and help in other ways. You know, money kind of makes things just a lot easier. It does, um,
1: and a lot better.
2: A lot better because I, I get to. You know, like I've I've had the experience of being devalued from clients um, and taken advantage of, uh, and I want to be the guy that doesn't do that. I want to be the guy that pays you what you're worth because I yeah. relate fully. That's the coolest thing about running a business but also being a film producer is being able to relate to that market or that industry and, uh, you know, you know, when you're working with an intern or if you're working with somebody who's doing some editing for you, you're not just this jerk who's like, why is not this look this way? Put right. Change a song. You know, like I no, I can empathize with uh, what it means to just change a song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know,
1: the client's like, it's not that hard. Just put the new song in.
2: Right. And, and it's like, I'm not that guy. Cause I know, I know what it's like to just change a song. So I, you know, I, I'm not the, I want to be the easier client to work with with my contractors and the easier boss to have.
3: And uh, it
2: helps a, a lot when we've got a company that just believes in what we're doing. They're like, yep, we we trust you. Here's a budget, and yep. go have your way with it. And right now, you know, when I don't have opportunities like SEMA, which got canceled, I don't have co- companies that care to spend any money. And I um, have to just make content. For free on youtube <laughs> right. and and then sit here finding other way you know if if i'm not if I'm not making money uh creating content, I have to put my focus in other places because i got a, I got a really big overhead you know I've
3: lived
2: on my own and uh you know I don't live with parents I don't get any kind of financial support I don't have a safety net I'm not a trust fund kid I don't have any like financial backing. So when I'm not able to right. uh make money doing what I love, then I either live like a peasant or I'm like, well, we gotta figure out another source of income and that's kinda what created Zwing Rally and manufacturing Zwing bars and uh just doing other things, finding multiple you know, other ways to make multiple streams of income work so that I can continue doing what I love when I'm able to get paid to do it. <clears throat>
1: Right. And what that's done is it's helped you kind of grow the brand's wing, which if we back up to you talking about, you know, you've always had your Zwing stickers on the cars that you're filming or you figured out some way to kind of leverage your ability to capture an audience to, to do like a build series on YouTube. I enjoyed watching the E36 build series and then even your your turbo E30. Is it an S54 build that you did or M50? S- S52 s52 okay and then last year going into sema you were going to bring it out and we were going to hang out and go like shoot some stuff in the desert but it didn't all come together talk to us how you have kind of learned to like leverage who you are and your worth and then you get these awesome opportunities to basically build cars that are for your brand and that you're known for
2: well step one is um you know over the years just learning how to be a a bit more savvy as a business owner and negotiating with clients and having that ability to, to be really good at the business side of what you do. A lot of filmmakers come in swinging with their talents and they, they do a great job at the filming and editing side of things. And they do a a poor job at uh, writing contracts and putting pen to paper and getting, you know, keeping clients accountable as they keep you accountable. And, um, I was able to, I mean, I, man, I had so many tough experiences where, you know, some of it was self-inflicted because I'd see red flags within a client, but I'd move forward anyway because it was such a cool opportunity. Um, Right. Like Modball was a great example of that. Um, But
1: it at least made for an excellent video.
2: Yeah, like we made some awesome content, irregardless, and sometimes you just gotta look at the pros of what you did. That's why that's a big part. I mean, funny, funny enough, uh, Modball was actually the first company. One of the one of the one of the first bigger opportunities I had, um, and we had wing film stickers on on the car, some of the cooler cars that were there. We had a huge Zwing film banner on a double-decker bus in the middle of Pall Mall, London. And and so I got to take away that experience uh, not being completely disappointed because we had uh, some branding on the cars, and so it still really, like, helped towards growing the brand. But as far as, like... We don't need to get into all, all the conversation about uh, that whole story. It's a it is a it is a roller coaster of a story. And um, anyway, um, but from hard experiences working with companies that you know don't take your value uh, and pay you what you're worth and put you in tough positions like getting deported from a country or being blackmailed or whatever what have you about <laughs> not not giving a hard drive over and you know these these are the kind of things that really enforce how important contracts are and that um right. I mean early on a lot of people um like for my, for myself i i would tell people you know i'm i'm just giving my i'm giving my heart out here like just trying to trust that these people will well, really, what it is is that I'm being lazy, actually, and I'm just afraid of the uh, liability of putting pen to paper on something, or I just didn't want to write a contract because maybe I didn't know how. And um, I, you know, with these hard experiences, which I'm so thankful I got to learn at the age of 20, versus like. 30 with a wife and a kid and now right. I've got a house and then something like that happens, you know, like I was 20 years old. I was living by myself in Seattle in an apartment. Like if anything bad happens to me, oh, well, it was a learning experience. So I was definitely sure. fortunate to learn things at an early age. But uh, with that being said, said again, it makes you more savvy. It makes you be able to talk to clients. And when when I bring that into um, doing things with, uh, these car builds, you know, I'm able to get in touch with the marketing directors and I know, uh, how to carry a conversation and keep them engaged and keep them interested. And I, and I know that the priority is to express to them what value you bring to the table, um, and not just asking for what, what you need. And so we're, we're able to have a lot of really cool opportunities, um, as these marketing directors and i relate on a lot of levels and we have some cool conversations and we develop relationships outside of the working side of it and yep. when it comes to like building the car they're more than happy to to help out and uh
0: right and when it comes to like the business side of things i've really i've really enjoyed maturing in my in my running my business and as a, as a person to just because you end up running into fewer and fewer issues just because you're you're setting the stage better whenever you're working with a new client. You're you're creating a contract, you know, agreement that you're you're both signing. Um, it, things go so much smoother as you grow older and, and wiser in your business. And I totally understand that. I think Jacob and I both have experienced some really bad jobs, or you know, I've gone through one lawsuit and just unhappy clients, and, and um, you know, it
2: happens to everyone. A lot of people go in very naive, um, like, no, this guy seems (laughs) – here's a great example. (laughs) A girl, uh, you know, if you have a conversation – if you've ever, ever had a conversation with a girl who was like, oh, yeah, I met Tom. He's so nice. Okay, obviously Tom's nice. He thinks you're a beautiful girl. He's going to present his best self to you. <laughs> right. Every guy right. is nice to a pretty girl, right? And every client is nice to a contractor whose services they need. And so when you come in, uh, just completely naive, to a a client situation that well the guy sounded really cool and happy and excited on the phone what could possibly go wrong you know then you're gonna sure. get hurt feelings and you're gonna need to learn eventually to separate your emotions your passions for what you do uh, within filmmaking or whether it's photography graphic design or whatever from relationships with your clients and understand how important it is to uh, protect yourself, and, you know, you get to a point where you just know that there's going to be a point uh, where there may be some animosity. You just have to expect it. Uh, If you don't expect it, then you're not going to know how to prepare for it. And then you develop your contracts in a way that both of you end up – being okay with whatever the outcome is you know say you made this amazing video and you thought it was amazing and everybody else did but your client just simply didn't like it uh,
3: that
2: mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens
0: and I think the true your the true character of a man in a business is what you do when stuff like that happens too I mean how you handle how you handle um, unhappy clients or, or something that was just miscommunicated or you know deliverables were not as expected etc. Um, how you handle yourself in those yeah. situations, that that really goes into show a business and a, and a person that might succeed and might not. So I think um, we're, about, we're about out of time today. Um, so I wanted to definitely say thank you for coming on today and sharing some of your opinions and thoughts and um, where you started and all that. I think it's been really fascinating. I, I haven't gotten to know you very well. I haven't followed you for ever until I met Jacob and he was all into film. But um, yeah, I just want to say we appreciate your time and um, your insight. It's good, to, it's good to talk to you again, Zach. So, Zach, just for our audience, um, just throw out your social media handles that uh, for people to give you a follow if they don't already.
2: All right, we got Instagram.com slash Zwing. That is Z-W-I-N-G. Um, oh, and... I never answered this question. I'll say it really quickly. The where where I got my name is my name is Zach Wingfield. Wonderful. The brand Zwing came came from that. Forgot to answer that question earlier. Um, And then YouTube.com/slash/ZwingFilms. One word, no spaces. Doesn't matter if it's caps or not. It's uh, Zwing Films, and uh, that's pretty much it
0: yep i like it awesome so um i'm josh way and i'm jacob stevenson thank you for listening to today's podcast you can get more involved with shutter speed media by following us on social media by visiting our website or by sending us a message we'd love to hear from you our instagram is at s speed media our website is speedmedia.com and our individual accounts are golden peaks productions and dynamic photo works with an erks have an amazing day